Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 69. We made it. It's 69. <laughs> Wait, does that mean I automatically have to give this episode an, ex- an explicit <laughs> tag? I mean, if you want to. We're going to be talking about S-E-X the oh, whole time. Fair warning. Fair warning, sex podcast. All you listeners out there, it's going to get steamy. Why'd you say it like that? Two of us in this room are sex positive. It's up to you to determine who. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is sex negative. Uh, <laughs> That's I, Nick. I, and I would like to change that, please. Hey, how you doing? Nick Bates. Okay. Well, this is already starting off. <laughs> exactly like one would expect. <laughs> Alright, I got an actual intro here. Oh, we're not keeping any of that. I mean, we can. It's up to you. You're the editor. Hello all, and welcome back to Popular Apocrypha, the show where we change characters how we want because we can, and no one told us not to. You always say that. Because we need a solid intro, and this is a good one. I, I give one, and I haven't given one since before you joined the podcast, but that's fine. I'm really stressed out. We need a solid <laughs> intro as much as we need a joke about how this is episode 69. I'm still Nick. I'm Tyler. That's, that's Tyler, and that's Riley. Yep, I'm Riley today. We should start over. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello all, and welcome to Popular Apocrypha. Hello all, and welcome back to Popular Apocrypha, the show where we change characters how we want because we can, and no one told us not to. I'm Nick. This is episode 69. <laughs> That's Riley. I... <laughs> what does that make you? That makes me Tyler. Hey, I'm sorry. This is episode 69. Do you say, I'm sorry that I'm Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's episode 69. Hey, it's episode 69. <laughs> and Nice. And tonight we have a... Hey, that's Tyler. <laughs> Alright, roll it back, roll it back, we're gonna do it again. Nope. We'll do it again. Right, I think we can start over one more time. What do you think, Riley? I think this is episode 69, <laughs> and we can start over 69 times. Yeah, we can start at the top or the bottom. What if I over... Ooh, that's a f- stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> Were you intending it to be a joke? Yeah, kind of. Okay. What if I... Who starts at the bottom? Moving on. What if I... Over- <laughs> this is episode 69. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes, it is episode 69, and tonight we have a special episode for you. Christian Gray. Because our other episodes aren't special. Yeah, the episodes suck. This is going to be the only good one we'll ever do. Well, that could be. I believe it. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page now. I mean, out of 69 episodes, it's hard not to get at least one, right? Well, with us, you never know. Hard, but not impossible. Heyo. This is episode 69. (laughs) (laughs) I want to just jump straight in, but I don't know if we can. Maybe we need a banter for a little while. Oh, no. You're going. Uh, Okay. You're you're definitely Uh, going now. uh, So there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. And now, before I begin, I want to uh, preface this whole conversation with a few statements. Um, one, I have not read any of the books completely. Uh, the information I've gathered comes from friends who have spark notes, psych analysis of characters, analyses, oh. analysis, analyses, analyses, analyses of characters, and uh, just the internet at large. Two, it's we're a dangerous dis- place. I know it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, friends are scary. I'm a scary man. Uh, two, we are discussing mostly Christian Grey from the first book, as far as I'm aware. I know very little about the events of the second or third or fourth or fifth books. By the way, the fourth and fifth books are literally just retellings of the first and fourth book or first and third yeah, like book. It's like a flashback, as like from Christian's perspective. Oh. Yeah. And finally, uh, so I went into this research thinking one thing, and uh, I came out thinking something totally different. I mean, that's kind of the story of the first book, right? Yes. I don't know, man. You, you haven't told me about the story yet. Well, all I'm saying is this character might be a little harder to tackle than we think at the beginning. <laughs> nice. This is episode <laughs> <laughs> Um So, <laughs> uh, so now on to the info. Uh, I want to give a warning for you guys out there. We are going to be tackling things regarding abuse, um, and both in physical, sexual... Uh, and mental ways. If these things are going to trigger you or, or cause some harm or, or or trouble for you in any way, uh, feel free to skip the episode. Um, there are plenty of other out there that are a lot uh, safer for you to enjoy. If you are okay listening to that, then please carry on. 
Um, and I, I hope you know we at no point intend to cause any discomfort to any of our listeners. Christian Grey started life in an incredibly sad way. Um, the son of a woman with an incredibly abusive asshole of a boyfriend, Christian spent the early years of his life just trying to survive. Uh, so this boyfriend was abusive not only to the mother, but to him as well, often putting cigarettes out on his body and being just generally a shit human being. Christian manages to survive this abuse, and in his early teens is introduced to the friend of his mother's. Um, this friend quickly begins a sexual relationship with Christian when he was only 15. Uh, this relationship, Christian was a submissive and the older woman was his dom. Um, and that was really Christian's introduction into the world of sex and BDSM. Uh, he was a virgin before he met her, which kind of comes into play later. Uh, so managing to survive through the years of abuse in his childhood and his teens, Christian works really hard and becomes an incredibly successful businessman. Um, this draws the attention of many, including a reporter named Kate, uh, who writes for a college paper. Unfortunately, she's unable to get to the interview she has with Christian, but uh, sends the book's protagonist, Anna, in her place. So she, that's how she meets up with Christian for the first time. Through a weird series of events, Christian and Anna end up together in his hotel room where they have sex for the first time. Um, this is just what Christian calls vanilla sex. Uh, sex without crazy BDSM anything. Uh, typically, Christian would make people sign a non-disclosure agreement, but he uh, skips this part when he learns that Anna's a virgin. Uh, afterwards, Christian wants Anna to sign a, a dom subcontract and begin a completely sexual, non-romantic relationship with him. Um, this contract goes as far as to dictate what foods Anna can eat and uh, that she may not touch him or look him in the eye ever. Anna says she'll think about it, but never actually signs the contract. Regardless of this, they have lots and lots of sex. Uh, so the book ends with Anna asking Christian what he actually wants to do with her, and uh, he shows her by beating her with a belt. Um, this is actually the first and only time in the book Christian actually injures Anna. Uh, for the most part, their acts are, I mean, not the most comfortable, being BDSM, but at no point does he actually take it too far and injure her until now. Uh, Anna decides that after this she can't be with him and she chooses to leave. That's the end of the book. From what I've been told, the second and third books revolve around Christian trying to get Anna back. At least the second book does. I don't know about the third book. Um, so I definitely came into this research expecting Christian just to be like a rich kinky dude, uh, but got a whole lot more than that when re with reading into it. Um, the psychology behind Christian's later actions in life as he as he desires the control in both the bedroom and the boardroom, um, his messed up backstory, uh, this all makes Christian kind of a tougher character to understand than I originally thought. Uh, many of the videos I watched and things that I read suggested that many people like form their own images of Christian, um, regardless of the information that's given of him in the book. And there are, there are tons and tons of different views and opinions on uh, kind of how Christian works, why he does certain things, what, he, what he's doing. Um, the majority of the research that I gravitated towards was, um, not research, but opinion-based articles, um, were based around the psychology of, of Christian Grey, um, or what, what that would look like. Um, Growing up in that household of abuse could lead to multiple major problems um, in Christian's life and, and his, his development and, and things like that. Um, and then later on with the uh, dom-sub relationship that he had in his teens and how that formed his view on sex and how it formed, formed his view on control and, and what that looks like. So there, there's a lot about Christian Grey that is more than just some rich dude who likes kinky sex. It really seems like it, it's kind of a... like. Through my research, I, again, I didn't read the book, but through my research, I felt bad for Christian. At no point did I feel like like Christian was just a chill character who's just looking to have some hot sex. Like through that research and, and through the information that I got through friends, um, where it started was like I started immediately to feel bad for Christian, you know. And the the book's poorly written, but it kind of sums it up in, in a line where Christian says that he's fifty shades of fucked up, right? Um, that's kind of 
a weird way to look at yourself, but reflects well on the the self view of children who have grown up in abusive homes. Um, there's a lot of psychology uh, and studies around that that view of themselves as uh, worthless or or having brought on that abuse by something they did, which leads to those thoughts of inadequacy and and like failure and uselessness. Actually, when I was researching this character, I, I thought for a little while, like maybe Christian Grey isn't the way to go, you know, isn't a character that we can touch because of the touchy backstory and the, the heaviness that relates to his character as a person. However, then I thought about our Medusa episode where we handled that, or I felt we handled that in a way that was not only respectful, but also turned it into a kind of a cool story, something a little bit different. Um, so boys, what do you think? From what you said, it sounds like, um, especially in terms of others doing analyses, like the psychological analyses that you were referencing in, uh, in explaining the character to us, it sounds like a lot of the explanation for why Christian becomes involved in BDSM is um, correlated, if not caused by, his, his um, youth, his backstory, specifically with regard to abuse. So I, I think uh, one route that we could take is the reverse and go the direct opposite and start with his kink and then go backwards into his backstory. Okay, so... And explain it that way. Like, uh, like a, a rewriting of the character? Um, I mean, keeping the framework... But starting with this general idea of Christian and a kink, whatever that is, not just kink, obviously, it's it's a little more complex than that. But um, and then moving backwards to make that sexual kink make sense in light of what that, you know, kink is. Right. Um, there's, there's another an, another thing that, that I kind of glossed over, but I think might might deserve a little more attention. And it's that um, I mentioned that that Christian originally wants Anna to sign a non-disclosure and then later a uh, dub su- uh, dom sub contract right it's referenced that he does this with all of his partners all of his his sexual partners he doesn't see it as a, a romance thing like a, a, a romantic relationship instead signs contracts and makes contracts for his sexual relationships and sexual partners um to kind of outline things and make it very not gray yeah not yeah it's very black and white very very professional and so it's something was something that stuck out to me, like that whole idea of like a contract for our sex relationship, <laughs> kind of like in the office with Dwight and um, <clears throat> Angela. Yeah. Yes, that's another thing that we could do is just make Christian more like Dwight. <laughs> but I think I still I personally still think that the best place to begin would be to define what Christian's if we want him to have a new kink, what that new kink should be mermaids wow a little personal a little personal there nick a little personal <laughs> sorry buddy i couldn't help myself <laughs> oh, we man. could combine our kinks yeah mermaids with tan lines mermaids with tan lines Hell there you yeah. go doesn't make uh i mean i guess that could make sense what's your kink for i don't think i have one Intel- his, his intelligent kink, women you no know, his kink is shaming other people's kinks <laughs> <laughs> no Kink shaming is my kink. <laughs> no, 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 no. We could make him a kink superhero. <laughs> a kink superhero. Yeah, we could. We could do whatever we want. Performing kinky acts gives him powers. No, I picture just like he has. He's like Batman with a utility belt, but they're all kinky things. 
And why? So he can just would... like he throws fuzzy like handcuffs at people and it chains them up, <laughs> and just throws at them. Maybe whips out a paddle and beats villains senseless. Got a ball gag. His power grows from the fact that if he gets hit, he just grows stronger. Oh, related to the BDSM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The M specifically. So that's another route that we could go. What are you feeling, Nick? Dude, the... I spent so much trying to, so much time trying to like, like researching like the psych of it. I didn't, I didn't spend any time thinking of like what's the thing we could do to him, except just to make him a spy, a sex spy, a sex, a sex spy. spy. So otherwise known as just a spy. <laughs> <laughs> if I've learned anything every, from James Bond, yeah, I would say every James Bond, but like super, super Christian Grey, every Bond is James Bond. Every 007. He's a spy. That who's the least womanizing Bond? Is it the most recent? That one? is a complex question that I'm not qualified <laughs> to answer. There's lots of layers to that one. Fair. Maybe he's a psychologist that specializes in BDSM. A psychologist into BDSM. That's interesting. I was thinking we would change the kink first and then see what that would mean for his career and backstory and stuff. But just changing the career from a, you know, businessman, whatever. What does he do? Do you know? Uh-uh. It's contracts. Duh. Obviously, from, I, I don't. I don't. From a contract copywriter to a college professor. No, not college professor. He's a practicing psycho- psychologist. Uh, I think what it'd if be he's... cringier if it was a college professor. What if he's a dude who this... also was practicing? Not really that kinky, but likes to be called daddy in bed and thinks that's weird. <laughs> so he likes it, but he he thinks it's. But weird. he also he thinks he's kind of a freak because so, of it. So his real kink is self doubt. Probably, maybe he's. Really, really good at BDSM, and that's the only job he can get, but he really doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, call me daddy. Here, here's the contract. <sighs> Bend right. over, I guess. <laughs> if you really have to. Bend over. No, keep keep your clothes on. Does that feel good? <laughs> good. No, keep your clothes on. <laughs> it's not body shaming. He just really doesn't want to see that. <laughs> I actually kind of like that. I want you to beg for it. I mean, I what guess. if he's a? I hate that. What if, what if, <laughs> Edit everything out. Of this, so. what if, I don't want any sound bites existing of me on the internet. Oh, they're already out there, buddy. Oh, dude, they, they literally already exist. Do you know how many times like I've said something related to a penis? Yeah, but that's you. Fair. Do you know how many penis. times that? Most of the time, I'm I'm referencing your penis, though. Nick, do you know how many times at the end what? of an episode there is a sound bite of one of the three of us? Every single episode. At least 69 times. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, I, so to combine the two ideas, though, what if what if Christian is a... Um, he's a psychologist he's, studying the effects of BDSM, but really doesn't like it. But he's it ha, it's a uh, qualitative study that he has to engage in in order to, you know, research it. To fully, you know, experience the culture, the environment, the oh, actions. So he's, a, he's a sociologist. Uh, he's a botanist. He's an anthropologist. I, think he could be, uh, I guess yeah, more of an anthropologist would be more appropriate. He's a... This is his case notes. Yeah, exactly. He's an anthropologist studying BDSM. He's an ophthalmologist. No. No. I thought we were just naming off... Ists. No, no. Well, you said three and he Every said three word and I said botanist. meaning behind it. <laughs> I actually really like that, that he's studying BDSM, doesn't enjoy it. He, it's not actually pleasurable in any way for him at all, but he, it's like, it's his... It's his PhD like thesis. I guess on this. fist would fit into that too because it's still an ist. What? Like ophthalmologist fist 
because he said he thought we were naming fist words. Oh, yeah. I think that was supposed to pass as a joke. I'm mad. Sist. List. We get the gist. Hey. That was a good way to end the joke. That's my. it wasn't a joke. That's my dad right there. Okay, I like I like Dark this. This is good. This is this is a better version. Legitimately, I think this is already the beginnings of a better version of Christian. An ophthalmologist who studies no. BDSM. No. A botanist who and, studies BDSM. No. Well, a botanist might actually be kind of funny. <laughs> that would make no sense. He's BDSM on plants. He's, yeah. Maybe he's just a really bad botanist, and so he thinks that he's got to get the kinks. The kinks. The kinks. <laughs> kinks. I got to get them kinks. <laughs> He's got to get the plants all riled up, so he tries hey, to yeah. use kinky things on the plants. Hey, yeah. you want to help me with my kinks? <laughs> I hate that. Bite me. <laughs> I mixed the words kink and plant, and it came out kinks. So sue me. Um, the botanist, if it's BDSM on plants, I'm okay with it, but I don't understand it. If it's anthropologist... Do you understand BDSM? Uh, under that, That's a complex question that I'm not qualified <laughs> to answer. Um, if it's an anthropologist studying a BDSM, the experience, the actions, like uh, a full comprehensive analysis of BDSM culture and lifestyle, then that makes, that makes sense to me already, at least more so than the botanist, but I'm fine with either. Does he dabble in horseplay? Or puppy play? Yeah, I'll say adult puppies. No. I don't think that's BDSM. Is it? I don't know what the subculture is. Is it an offshoot? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a dom or a sub either. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Do you want to find out? No. I mean, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Meet me in yeah, my basement in an hour. No. You too, Tyler. Here no. you go. No. No. <laughs> you don't have a basement, dork. Yeah. So botanist or anthropologist? <laughs> anthropologist. Okay, anthropologist. Anthrobotanist. Anthronist. <laughs> but but his, uh, he's an agnostic. His, his hobby that he uses in order to, like, release stress from the bdsm study is, Ooh, is uh, feng shui bonsai garden yeah I was, Ooh, that's, that's what, what i was, I was gonna, gonna say. say that's what all of us were gonna oh say oh my god we're so in sync guys that's my king whoa being in the band in sync or us being in sync <laughs> yes justin timberlake and joey joey i have no idea who that is fontione dude, dude we have no he makes idea. his last name sounds like a pasta ragu <laughs> yeah that's it boyardee <laughs> <laughs> Tony Boyardee. <laughs> That's Chef Boyardee to you. So this is his. This is his life's work. His masterwork. It's 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 his PhD thesis. Like to get his doctorate, he has to complete this. And I'm thinking like he's already tried to like change his thesis subject like 20 times. And at this point, his like a PhD like advisor is saying that are already said no. You have to pick one thing and you have to stick with it. You you need to get this done. So. He chose this as like maybe, maybe like as a joke. Maybe and he like, doesn't even he doesn't hate it, but he doesn't like enjoy it either. Like he's not like no, I wasn't to thinking it, he hated it. But like he maybe he he genuinely takes pride in his research area, but he just doesn't understand it like like intrinsically. He just understands the data that he gets. So you, you get this really like hoity-toity professor like scholar type who you know where most anthropologists on their wall have like shields and bones and like sculptures he's got like paddles up on the wall <laughs> and like a so you know like a, a, a leather mask but and... no no personal like sexual pleasure just professional pleasure completely professional <laughs> and he like when he you know walks students through his office he's like <laughs> and i got these from the uh the you know uh like from the brothel puppy... i visited last yeah, week or, yeah yeah or, or from uh, a group of guys 
Jerry and Tom yeah. down on like South whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he just looks up at the paddle longingly and goes like, and this one's from guys. your mom's house. Great great guys. Guys. <laughs> it's from your mom's house. I would think that he would still gotcha, have Tony. <laughs> I think he would still have some historical stuff like, like, and this was a paddle with holes in it that was used in the 1700s in a brothel in London, like that sort of stuff that would also be part of the, some artifacts. Yeah. Some artifacts. So, but for him, you know, rather than, you know, like, like you were saying, it's not like he hates it. So he's, interested in the study so it's more like and how did that make you feel <laughs> he like, no he, describe the pain and the pleasure to me please on he, a scale of one to a, ten he holds up a like a freaking sonogram or like a like a sound collector and he's just like sitting in with like headphones or like ooh, that was a good one yeah or like he's just they're about to like hit the person with the paddle and he's like wait 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 and he takes like twenty minutes to hook up all these electrodes, <laughs> like just Wait, in the right way. Is he an anthropologist or is he? What is I mean, he? He's studying everything. It's, I don't know. I, mean, I told a, you, he's a it's botanist. A, it's a uh, interdisciplinary study of the full culture and lifestyle of BDSM. Whatever that entails, that's what he does. Do you think he shows up to classes some days wearing a leather mask? Yes. Yeah, but it's on accident. <laughs> so you forgot it. I'm sorry. It just it. came in from the field. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, does he get involved or does he just watch? Sorry, I had a two o'clock that ran long. So he has to get involved sometimes. Like he won't be able to write about the experience and lifestyle unless he's lived the experience and lifestyle. So he has to be involved at least some of the time in the uh, study. Yep, and that's where it comes in. And here it is. And then he gets to the last chapter of his thesis and realizes, oh, I've oh, never had a sub. I'm not actually going to college. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just like something he just had in his head. Wait, I don't have a dissertation chair. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. He gets to the final, final, final chapter of his book, mm-hmm. and he realizes he doesn't. He's never experienced what it's like to have a sub. To have so he's always been the sub. So somebody's always smacking his. Ass. I thought it was it would be the other way around. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's always been the sub and making him there. He's always been the dom. What did you just say? I don't know. No, no, I, I, I was thinking like Tyler fight in post. <laughs> I was thinking what you were about, um, about he, he's, he's never had a dom. Is that wait? Is that what you said? He's never had a dom. He's always been the dom. Is he the one hitting? Is that what you said? Or no. the one taking wait. the hits? I think and I everything think else that's involved. Like I think he's look. been doing a little bit of both. He's like, just never explicitly had that relationship, and so he realizes I can never finish this without knowing that. I want to put this out How there right he... now. All of us recognize that BDSM is more than just hitting each other with sex. Yes, hitting each other with sex. <laughs> yes, with sex. Hitting each other, comma, with during sex. during sexual Not intercourse. Hitting oh. each other with sex. <laughs> oh, I thought that I went and had to go pick up my you know load of sex. And then hit you with it. I'm going to hit you with a load of sex here in just a second there, buddy. <laughs> Was there a comma there? Where? <laughs> Where do you want the comma? Never mind. After load. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a load of sex there, buddy. <laughs> I quit this podcast. I, think, I don't know about him never having a dom or never having a sub or whatever, but I think that he should have an intern. And the intern should be uh, Anna or Anna, however you pronounce that. And that it's like... She's Anastasia completely Steel. and never will be romantic at all or like or, or or sexual at all it's truly a professional uh like uh researcher intern relationship completely except maybe uh 
she writes like fan fiction uh, about. I don't, I don't want them to be involved. I want her to just be there taking notes. No, that's what I'm thinking. So oh, like, also, I don't, I don't know if or him no, wait, or I, whoever. What, what, what were you gonna say? Are uh, you concerned about having a third party involved? No, I'm, no. Are I'm you not. concerned about having the future of us being able to use Anna as a character involved? Can you let me speak? No, I want to try to guess I it before you say what it is. Don't want her to be his intern because that's kind of weird power play. I don't know, kind but it stays with the book. It stays with the book. I just, I and I, I really do. Just I want her to be an adjunct professor <laughs> that just hops onto the payroll for one. And he's like, "Hey, I need a research assistant. You want to help me out?" And then she's like, "Sure." What? BDSM. <laughs> she's brand new he's, to the university. Like, he's wearing a lab yeah, coat, okay. right? She says, he says, hey, I need you to come be my research assistant. She says, sure. They both walk into a room. There's a dude tied up on the wall. <laughs> he drops his lab coat. And he's just a, a leather suit all the way down. And I he pulls out a paddle and just turns to her and says, take notes. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, need you, I need you to judge exactly how loud this smack is. <laughs> how I, would you rate this on a scale of 1 to 10? I need complete comprehensive notes, including diagrams, measurements. All right, Jack, here it comes. Here I come. Uh, Ayo. 69. Nice. That's a self high five. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we always know. Well, we don't, <laughs> do don't want to like necessarily pick Anna right now, but I think that's their relationship. I mean, in Fifty Shades of Grey, again, having also not read the books, their relationship is like the entire book. So talking about one character and not the other, like that's that's just not really going to work, really. I mean, I guess we we could try, but I think it's kind of essential. Um, excuse me, I think the book is a study on their relationship and not actually about their relationship. Sometimes I think that Nick wants to convince us that he's not as smart as he actually is. <laughs> he does a pretty good job at it. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> yes, he does. I've been practicing. <laughs> for like 39 episodes. Yep, for, for a while. Only 39? Well, since... I, I mean, know. I knew him before the 69th. I didn't. Look, I try to keep a low expectation on me. That way, when I do something decent, people are surprised. Can that also be how Christian interacts with people? Especially the people in which he is performing BDSMX? Oh, no, my dick's not that big. Boom, whips it out. Ten inches. Whoa. <laughs> Christian, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just flaccid. Like, we're not even talking about a wreck yet. Just to roll it up to get it in his boxers. I'm sorry I said anything. <laughs> okay, so this is what Christian does this is his career this is how he's involved with the bdsm culture and lifestyle um but then it begs the question why like what brought him to this point the in in the book it's the it's how the abusive relationship uh set him into a place where he could develop a relationship with this older woman mm-hmm. is that what you said yep, his mom's friend um his mom's friend so and, and that's complex enough as it is but like in now that we've changed some things how does he get here how does he get to this is what he's studying was it an accident was well, i mean like i was saying before was this his 22nd pick for his thesis and it was decided on in a drunk email that he sent to his research advisor or his thesis advisor and said, oh, this is what I'm going to study. And it was a joke that then the research, uh, the, the advisor said, OK, and that was it. Or is it further more backstory than that? Is there an actual like root cause in his in his younger days? 
How did he get here? Well, I think, so here's kind of the tough thing, right? Showed like, up to the wrong bar, and I mean, here we are. What? Go ahead. <laughs> Continue, please. I think the tough thing here is that in the book, right, like, I, every time I've heard, like, someone talk about the book or make jokes about the book, it's never been about that part of Christian Grey's backstory. Right. It's always been jokes about how the book is just, like, glorified porn or written poorly or, like comical wording in regards to sex acts like that's always been the joke and that's what's kind of been brought up and made fun of it's and the the darker part of the backstory i don't think is ever brought up so it kind of begs the question like i i do think that um trauma uh should never be like joked about or messed around with and i kind of to to harken back to what nick said in the Medusa episode, it felt as though the trauma was necessary to the character, mm-hmm. right? Well, the impact that the character would have, right? Um, and so I guess if I'm just being honest, I, it's hard for me to, to decide within myself if the trauma, which then continues on into this book that just like focuses on sex acts right i mean it does it talks about the trauma at the beginning from what you explained to me nick like it does like it talks about it but then the rest of the book is just like you know in depth talking about the things that they do the the information that we get on christian gray um is given to us periodically um as like as anna is, is experiencing him like not like oh during sex it's like it's like as their relationship grows and and uh, Anna is because Anna is the protagonist. Christian Grey is just another character, right? Like she's the character. Anna Grey is the protagonist. And then he would be like, you're secondary or I don't know. Liter- literary the term is deuterotagonist. Yep. That one. We've talked about this. Um, an appendices episode. Go check her out. Um, but like so so we we gain this information on Christian through the conversations that they have around their their sex life, right? Um, and that sex relationship um, of, like, Anna trying to, and, like, like professing that she wants more than just a sex relationship and Christian being like, no, there's no such thing outside of this. Like, it's only sex. Like, you know? And so, so we get little bits and pieces here and there. It's not like the book starts off with Christian's story and then goes into it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, sex through the whole thing with a little bit of story here and there and then like christian's information about his life and his backstory kind of sprinkled in here and there as as you pick it up kind of like anna would have to okay well yeah then again i'm i'm kind of i'm um i am a little torn on it because i i do i like this kind of campy a little bit nerdy dorky version of christian gray right but i also want to respect that part of the story you know um but at the same time i think if we had if we had changed like in medusa if we had completely changed medusa's outcome and maybe like where she was going right like that might have changed the impact that the event had so maybe we could have thrown the event out what do you mean well the fact that she's you know a powerful feminine figure who overthrows the government and like does so through like attacking men and like the men in, in power, right? Like it, the, again, I think we, we've said this before in, in the other episodes, but like trauma is 
is never a good thing is is never necessary right but for the sake of storytelling the trauma made sense with the outcome right right like it, it right. increased the impact of the outcome right right so now i'm looking at our kind of campy dorky character does the trauma you know help the impact of the outcome would it maintain the integrity of the character right yeah no or I would see it just be like something to like something there right because yeah. I, I don't think i don't think including it in a character that didn't have a necessitated outcome or right. even a from a storytelling standpoint a satisfying outcome from that event because with medusa again no trauma is okay not saying that i'm just saying that from the trauma you get a, a really cool satisfying outcome yeah right? through, you, through you our have, story of events you yeah. have a literary arc right in a sense right versus you have a, a pretty serious trauma and then you get a campy character well i i think it's okay that he's a geeky dude you know i think i think that's fine and we can keep the trauma in there in, in a way that maybe this is christian's way of overcoming that trauma you know, like it, it doesn't have to be something like, all right, now there's trauma and now a character has to have this valiant, crazy, overcoming story. Like, I, I think that there are, are heroes that we pass on the street every day who are surviving and living through what they've experienced and, and living their lives. And that's how they have overcome. And that is their heroic story. Like, it doesn't have to be, I don't think, like, I don't think, and I, I, I can't speak for either of you, but I don't think that it has to be a an amazing story for someone to still have that bravery and that heroic like arc to it. Right. Um, whereas like, like in this one, maybe, maybe what it looks like is in the past, um, Christian experienced his trauma, right. Through his abusive boyfriend, right. Or abusive mother's boyfriend, mother's abusive boyfriend. There it is. Um, and here the, the weird friend that introduced him to sex in weird ways. But instead of, in, like in the book where he turns that and uses that experience and that desire for control to take over in the business world, maybe he turns and, and copes with it in a different way where he, he desires to like get get a healthy view of what that BDSM is and like and, and share that with the world. You know, like what does that healthy view look like? What, is, what does it look like to, to enjoy this and experience this but also – be functioning and also be okay and be able to move past these things. So in that scenario, you'd essentially keep the backstory relatively the same mm -hmm. up, up all the way through uh, Christian's relationship with the uh, mother's friend. Correct. And then what he wants to take from that changes. Yeah. It's more, I don't know if it's more intentional, but... I guess I can say it is intentional that he is taking something out of that relationship and using that to drive a number of other elements in his life, right. including his career. Right. And I'm like, I'm not a psychologist. I don't, I, I can't say anything to these extents, but reading the information that I have, it feels like, or I'm not a literary scholar either, but it feels like Christian is shown to us as what is supposed to be the image of a broken man who is successful, but damaged, right? And quote-unquote unable to cope with this damage without being weird about it, right? Or weird, quote-unquote. Again, it's not strange to have these kinks and desires, but um, like I think I think that's kind of the, the viewpoint we're given of Christian, is as he says himself, I'm 50 shades of f***ed up, right? And I think, I think we're supposed to get the idea that, that Christian is a broken person due to the trauma. And it's not that that has never happened and doesn't happen because it does, because trauma is, tra 
trauma. It's traumatic. It, 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 it injures people in so many mental and physical ways. However, there are other stories and other experiences and, and examples of people who deal with intense, awful trauma and still come out of it in a positive light and are able to, to turn it into something that makes them stronger. Even though it's awful and shouldn't have happened in the first place, they turn it into something better. And I think it's also important to not exactly disclaim, just to point out, if it's not already obvious, if someone is into BDSM, that doesn't mean that they experience trauma necessarily or that no. they are in any way broken or no, not you know, at all. anything. Uh, that's totally normal no. for a lot of people. That's totally fine. That's not something yeah. that is necessarily correlated. This is an analysis A character. Yes. A single character. We're not making any claims beyond that. None at all. Not even None an analysis. At all. No. I would I would that would be a far stretch of the word. Dude. Just to kind of, you know, last nail in the coffin, I think, to this point, to say what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to clarify, it wasn't so much that we can't have a geeky or a nerdy dude from this trauma. Like it doesn't have to be a hero that comes out of it. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying more a character who, how we were kind of describing, like, I think if we, if we want to keep the trauma, which it sounds like we do, I don't think we can have a character that feels no connection to it or that is completely cut off from it or mm-hmm. right. Cause, cause what drives the character is the fact that he is trying to discover it in a, in a different way to cope with his own trauma, but also like build the image of what this is for the academic world. Right. Right. Like, so I think there's, there is a bit of a connection. There is a bit more drive there. And that's what I'm saying. Cause that's, that's the arc, right. Where mm-hmm. you can look back from a, from point B and see the path to get there. Right. It's not like point A exists out on its own. And there's no path right. to where you got from. Right. We're, right. Pay, we're paying respect to both points in in that line for sure um but yeah like you're saying we do have to then take what we said earlier about christian and okay it's not quite as campy then probably as it was before what we were saying in that he, he does he then derive pleasure from bdsm still i think that that would be a yes i think that he does uh but it's also with regard to um he's endeavoring to understand that in his own experience it's, it's and that in drives analytical way right and not exclusively analytical no but it is in an analytical right because uh, even his own feelings and emotions behind it he's looking at as well right exactly like everything's under the microscope in a sense everything hmm. would that make him uncomfortable with asking the adjunct professor anna to be his uh research assistant or would that still be okay i think that'd still be okay i'm not sure I think it'd be okay. Okay. I mean, especially if he enters into it in the same, like, I, I think. With a contract? For, yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> it's more like it's his, uh, what, what do they have in studies where it's like uh, a waiver or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. or where you sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but because in, in the old Christian Gray's sense, it was a contract saying like this, you know, among other things, like Nick was saying, this is purely sexual. It's not romantic, da, 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 like all this stuff. But his paper is like, this is purely professional. We're a research, like there's no romantic or whatever yeah, right. going on. Um, so it's like the same kind of outline. It's the same contract, but the wording's a little different. And also in our modified version of Christian Grey now, I still think that they probably don't enter, on and Christian, don't enter into any form of relationship that does involve bdsm other than the professional analytical side but maybe you disagree with me there maybe you think i don't know i mean if you want to parallel the story maybe he could go too far for research and hurt her so they do 
begin to. Well, I guess it's what do you want Anna to be the clerical assistant, like the note taker, the da- data analyzer, or do you want Anna to be the research assistant that's like participating? Oh. Well, I mean, like, mm. like I, I hadn't really thought about that. Because one of them, in the event that she's the, the the data recorder, right? At that point, we could have a character that's completely just completely detached from the whole situation. I kind of still want that character to exist, whether that's Anna, maybe or Anna. that character is the sub in the story, like his sub, like his yeah, like, uh, that's just the third, and you never actually see them. They're oh, just like, always talked about or referenced, like they like Christians at home away from work. Sub is the data collector. Is that what you're saying? No, the... I'm saying Anna is the data collector. Okay, Christian is the scientist slash BDSM, mm-hmm. and then maybe the the unnamed third person is all of his research subjects okay so they're not completely detached then i mean they're nameless and they don't actually matter to the story at all oh i think we're talking about detached in totally different respects i mean detached from like giving a bother about bdsm i don't know because <laughs> i'd assume that all of his his research partners and subjects whatever you want to call them would have some kind of interest I want a character that doesn't want to engage in BDSM, but is totally good with being the clerical note taker during and after um, uh, any BDSM interactions that Professor uh, Christian Gray is undertaking. Maybe what is what Anna. Anna is, yeah, Anna, I still don't know what it is. Anastasia. Uh, what? An- Anastasia. Anastasia Stale. Well, Anastasia is... Uh, is role wise i don't know but i want that character to exist uh i just like data collector <laughs> do you yeah i kind of do you just want data collector? for for anna or for just like this other unnamed person that's just for anna there. for okay. me i'll be there maybe put me in the story down maybe no maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe christian gray does bdsm for research purposes and anna does bdsm at home for pleasure purposes but she doesn't communicate that to him no but until the very end, until the end. <gasps> oh. okay that's interesting twist that's really interesting Talk because then he reads over the notes and he sees that there's a lot more like analysis into it or maybe maybe she always like brings up points that he hasn't thought about Right, which he's make wondering him like, like where she's getting what? all these like ideas from. Yeah, right. right. Like that was incredibly in depth for not being a part of the experience. And but, but he does he does or just did BDSM. Does Chris does Christian still engage in those acts outside of work? No. Okay, so that ended at the end of his relationship with his mother's friend. Yes. And now it's reflective. It's purely research. He does derive pleasure from it, but it's right. purely research. Okay. Um because in his mind, and again, I'm also not a psychologist, so I can't speak to the truth to any of this, but storytelling-wise, in his mind, BDSM is wrapped up in this trauma a little right. bit. Like, there's there's some connection there. And he's a bit more, especially compared, from what I understand, to the book, the the not on the non-popular Apocrypha version of this character, uh, our version's a lot more self-aware of that, of that right. side of himself. Right. Um, but then Anna is the opposite in some ways because she is engaging in this study and also does uh, engaging in the sense that she's, she's taking, taking notes, notes and stuff. And being a 
you know, a reflecting right. board. Yeah. Um, but then does this and has done this for a long time on her own. Healthily. He- yeah. In a, in a healthy way. Um, and then that, yeah, that's the end of the book where that is revealed. Also, uh, we could make it slightly meta in that what if Christian Grace thesis is titled like 50 Shades of BDSM? 50 Shades of F***ed Up? No. No. No, no, no. Dad, come on! I don't think that that would fly with the, the thesis review panel. This is our world. We do whatever the frick we want. I mean, we do have some measure of accountability yeah, to his name real- is realism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We always answer to Shaggy. What does he want from us? Call back to episode whatever. I don't yeah, remember the number. Oh, I don't know the number. Yeah. Shaggy. Whichever one that was. Episode 420. Nice. Nice. Please it. Um, is his name still Christian Grey? That's what I mean. Yeah. It's the same character. Chris I Scraw. mean, it's a, the modified character, but it's still the character. I think he prefers to go by daddy. How's his last name spelled? E-Y-A-Y. D-A-D-D-Y. Shut up. <laughs> I think it's G-R-A-D-D-Y. I think it's Grady. I think it's Grady. G-R-E-Y. Grinaddy. 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 You'd think that I would focus on like the correct spelling <laughs> while I was doing research, but I, uh, it is G-R-E-Y. I don't know why. British spelling. And all of the these, color. the gray is, is completely capitalized. Who played Christian Gray? <laughs> what does Christian Gray have? How old is Christian Gray? I don't know why I'm so angry gray with skull. it. He-Man. Okay, so... And ma- Anastasia! <laughs> and maybe we don't want to get into this because this is, you know, like Nick said at the beginning, we're mostly just talking about within the first book. And we've already decided that the first book ends with this uh, revealing to the reader of the book and also to Christian that uh, Anastasia in- engages in BDSM and has for a long time outside of the research. Um, and that's why she like wanted to be involved um, on some level. Uh, and so maybe we don't want to touch on this, but uh, does he finish his thesis and um, does it pass the review board? You know, I think that's a question for book number two. Nice. I think the reveal is that she's been doing it, like you're saying, doing it for a long time, been doing it in a healthy way. And that maybe like is in it a might've... sense like cathartic for him because now he has someone who he can connect to in a way like outside of just the professional analysis relationship right. about this right. thing. But also it's profoundly troubling because a lot of his research is based on his perceptions of BDSM and they're not reflective of the whole, which is his goal of the anthropological mission. Right. Her, her, the whole. her, her preconceptions of BDSM and engagement in, in it probably have in some way affected the study uh, and like it kind of basically as it's not controlled anymore, at, at least as much as it was, it's no longer as controlled. And so can his, his study be accepted as it is, or does he have to like start over bum, or bum, bum. what? The problems in this new book are so heady, <laughs> <laughs> so academic, very, very academic. <laughs> can I trust the ethics of this research? <laughs> oh no. Also, I oh think, no, a corrupted sample. I, I, the subject pool is tainted. I feel like it all. It would also be fine, and and perhaps even also maintain character integrity if uh, Anastasia still uh, at the you know toward the end of this first book uh, wanted to um, be in more of a relationship with Christian. 
I still I think that that would make sense even after these you know they've been working together a long time and and uh, in this you know odd environment of you know it's sex but study um Ooh, and study so, sex. so stu- nice that's different uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> so i think that that would also be part of the end of this book as well and so that would also be part of the issues or you know uh conflicts per se in book number two yeah because now he can't be completely distant from from it anymore does Christian look different? You know, and I we've probably I think seen. He looks like Harrison Ford from Indiana Jones. Uh, I was gonna say he's played by Tweed Jacket. Yeah, yeah, Tweed Jacket, <laughs> but not actually played by Harrison Ford. No, I couldn't. I can't do that. Who's Young guy, Harrison Ford. Who's the guy that plays Poe Dameron? Mm. Poe Dameron. Yeah, no, um, not him. Oscar Isaac's JGL. What? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Oh, he's the actor Christian that plays Gray? Christian Gray. Wait, Joseph Gordon-Levitt does not... Oh, in a tweed jacket? Are you talking about now? The currently. modified. Not currently. For no, the, who we would... <laughs> the modified version. Who we would cast. Choose your words correctly. For the first time... I think for our version of Mr. Gray, I would pick Joseph Gordon-Levitt. For those of you at home that can't see because it's not a <laughs> visual podcast, <laughs> Nick made the exact same face and hand motions as the Spongebob meme where it's like... <laughs> For the first time, possibly in popular apocrypha history, Nick brought us back on topic. I was just thinking of hot dudes. This is episode sixty-nine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, Justin uh, Gordon Levitt yeah. would be good with like with uh, uh, black rimmed glasses and a tweed jacket. You know, I'm throwing. Although he's I'm, kind of already got I'm his throwing own movie a curveball here and saying Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I I'd be I'd be okay if it's Liam Neeson, if only in- not Liam Neeson. Only in terms, only in terms of cinematography, only in terms of of how the film is shot. Uh, I'm thinking of this as a film less than a book, less than a book. But all of our, um, all more, of more our than a book. Things are films. But uh, if this, if this film, we typically of, tend to think of them as films. If this film of modified Christian Grey is shot as a film, uh, it's filmed in black and white. In other words, in grayscale. Why don't we? Oh, let's make it a video game. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, he's just really proud of himself. Um, here's why we're myself. not going to do Liam Neeson. Do you know who Alfred Kinsey is? This guy that did all the like sex research. And... Oh yeah, okay. I yeah. thought I was, was going to make an Alfred Hitchcock joke, and no. it, just, it didn't come. I was out trying to think of an actor. He, uh, yeah, he's that, that, that's that's a complicated and and long story. He's an odd duck. Um, but you want him to play? No, Christian Liam Neeson already played Alfred Kinsey in the movie on Alfred Kinsey. And I did not ever, ever, ever want to see Liam Neeson make like a grunting sex scene, and I saw it like five times in that movie. There's a uh, the um, the movie Polar has Mads Mikkelsen do the same thing in it. I don't know who Mads Mikkelsen is. I I I do I do Nick I know I know who, I know who that is. It's okay it's okay. Um, no, I, honestly, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, we could also go with Shia LaBeouf. Um, I you think know, that'd be funny. No, you know, or, or Shia LaBeouf's not attractive. Who's uh? He's just funny. He's just a dweeb. Who's uh? He could be. He could become a for Breaking Bad. Jesse I, Pinkman. I, I almost no. said Walter White. Yeah. Who's him? Oh, uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I can't do it. I can't say it. Malcolm Freaking might as well just go with Patton Oswalt at this ooh, point. Ooh. Why not? Um. Uh. Uh. Keegan Michael Key. Okay, okay. I could actually see. I could actually see it. <laughs> okay? I could legitimately see that. 
and that would make me really happy. You know what we never do is who who directs the movie? Us. Spielberg. It's us. Spielberg. Yes. Obviously, <laughs> it's us. Oh. It can also be other people. It could be us and Spielberg. My but dad. whoever directs the popular popular modified character movies, it's always the three of us. Because I always imagined like the the Roadrunner episode directed by like Wes Anderson. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. Oh, like yeah, it's like Fantastic Mr. Fox. And yeah, that stuff. Yeah, or Isle of Dogs, or uh, the Hotel one, uh, Grand Budapest. Yeah, mm, correct. Or yeah. Sunrise Kingdom. No, that makes you so know, much sense. Though Joseph I feel Gordon like he'd be really it. into that. We should send him the episode. Yeah, hey, hey, dude, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt directed by Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. By Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's directed a number of things. He's pretty good. Or by um, Jim John Krasinski. Ooh. Ooh, John Krasinski that... as no, we had no. him as, as a character. We've had him as like three or four characters. No, yeah. no Joseph Gordon-Levitt's good choice. With I like the John Krasinski <laughs> as Michael as, as Christian Grey or as the director. As a director. Okay, no. cool. No, let's do John Krasinski. Michael as Bay as Michael Bay. Christian Grey as Michael Bay. Nah. I want to make a movie where I have Brad Pitt play as um tom cruise and then tom cruise is gonna play brad pitt and they're gonna kiss i think we're being so joseph gordon levitt and directed by quentin tarantino right no joseph gordon levitt directed by john krasinski oh okay i'm fine with that i think he smokes a pipe too (laughs) it's his guilty pleasure uh becky he doesn't feel guilty about the bdsm he does feel guilty about the tobacco yeah he does it's his guilty pleasure killing he's got some other quirks too like he pours milk before he pours the cereal in. Whoa. Okay. I don't want to make him a monster. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Next you're going to say that he puts the toilet paper on backwards. You mean the right way? No! <laughs> Flap forward. Over. Not under. Under is for monsters. Um, I understand. That and if you argue that, oh, you can roll it up better backwards, that's wrong. I because mean, you shouldn't have to roll it up. I understand both reasonings. If you the, go if you go under, I swear I'll punch issue- you. Of under the issue of under is that if the roll is close to a wall, it's very difficult to grab sometimes. And what you get? What do you? What if by some freak accident you got poop all over your fingers? Now you got a poopy wall. Christian Gray will not use toilet paper. Nick, are you? He uses unless, a bidet. Are you good at skiing? Yes, he uses skiing? a bidet. Yeah, because you're pretty good at sliding down that slippery slope. Nice. Hey, got him. Uh, yeah, Christian Grey has a portable bidet that he installs in every toilet. It's just an app uses. on his phone. What? He just drops it a in really hard. And ashes <laughs> in his butt. <laughs> Come on, Dad. That was that was the quickest I've ever been. <laughs> that was pretty That's good. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call that Poseidon's kiss, by the way. I know you've said that. Only when it's poop, though. If it's just if it's any other object, it's not. I disagree. Still feels like a little kiss on your butthole. How many other objects are you dropping on the toilet <laughs> while you're sitting on the toilet? Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Christian Grey. What if he's smoking his pipe and it slips? Directly between his legs. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My pipe. And Poseidon. I think he wears horn-rimmed glasses. I, I said black-rimmed glasses, and I'll fight you on that one. Horn. Nope. Rim. Nope. Black. I like the horn rim because we can do like a horny joke off that one. Fine. <laughs> hey, we're going to be like, are you horny now? Never mind. Taking it all back. Blackroom glasses. <laughs> he prefers Ticonderoga number twos over mechanical pencils every day of the week. Why? Because uh, he's a classy gentleman. I think when he's not in the BDSM dungeon, he prefers Ticonderoga twos. But when uh, he's in the, okay. the dungeon, <laughs> I think he uh, uses the Sharpie fine tip pens. I'm okay with that. 
he has to mark the correct uh, locations on bodies uh, that were where the, where hits occurred. On Every like a, element. On like, a, on like a diagram or yeah. like on the person's body? Both. He has to make sure he's recording like information accurately. Right here. Yes, that's correct. I think. I think he he um I think his side gig is he uh sells splash guards for Max. Okay. Like, like the little thing that goes over the keyboard keeps from water from getting into the keyboard. No, I understood what you meant. Yep. To his clients or to his subjects? <laughs> Both. Yeah, or anyone. Hey, oh, what do you want to call him anything you want? I think he writes it in the research. <laughs> and I sold them a splash card. <laughs> well, he 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 does it as like a reward. <laughs> oh, interesting. Congratulations, we had sex they, so they good. Here's discount. your splash card. No, not for free. It's discounted, though. Yeah. Here's your discounted splash card. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Popular Apocrypha. Um, we greatly appreciate you guys joining us every week, uh, and this week specifically, as it is episode 69. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. uh, if you want to get more of us, um, feel free to check us out anywhere podcasts are sold. Uh, you can also check us out online on our website at popapoc.com or on Twitter and Instagram at popapoc podcast. Also, if you enjoy our content uh, and you want to uh, support us a little bit, head on over to our Patreon page, Patreon forward slash popapoc. Uh, over there, you guys can uh, kick a little our way if you enjoy what we do. And we also have some really cool content over there as a little thank you for doing so. Uh, our appendices are over there, as well as our post shows, and you can go check those out uh, at your leisure, I suppose. Uh, any last words, boys? How'd that make you feel? Uh, I'd rate that a 7 out of 10. Don't do it again, please. I can't take any more. You know how many times like I've said something related to a penis? Yeah, but that's you.